Welcome back to the SBS Sports Talk Show presented by the Sports Business Society at UVA. This is episode number six. I'm Michael Rockless along with my co-host Mike Popper and our producer and officer of technology Will Harden. Today we'll be getting into our read option and drop the mic as always as well as talking about the ridiculous NBA offseason, recapping a glorious week three in the NFL and then hitting our final two segments as always. Make sure you listen to this at 1.5 times speed. Hit it. We like sports and we don't care who knows. From shooting hoops to the Super Bowl. We like sports and we don't care who knows. Football, 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 tennis, hockey, golf. All right, it's great to be back. Um, and we are going to jump right into the read option. We got a loaded show, so we're going to get the topics moving. Mike, what read you got for me? So I got a 538 article about the Los Angeles Rams suffering the worst attendance decline in the history of the NFL. Brutal. The team's Brutal. good. They, they, I'm two and one right now. Yeah, yeah they've. Right. I mean, they've beaten the 49ers and the Colts. Hey. Um, and they lost to the Redskins. Redskins at home. So a, how that's good? A good loss though. Wow. Well, how good now. are they? I mean, I don't know. They well, beat Oakland at home. We'll but, get to that. But well, yeah. so basically, last season the Rams had an average of 84,500 fans, which was the highest in the NFL. First of all, that's kind of ridiculous. That that shocking. Baffling. That shocking. It's the. It was by far the most successful um, season for a. a team in a new audience ever yeah it's interesting i have family that lives out in la and i think um my uncle went and my cousin that went to a couple games and i'm pretty sure when they sent me pictures it was empty so that stat really shocks me maybe you you never know how these teams kind of uh they, they mess inflate, with, yeah right. they inflate the stats on ticket sales it was la they were coming back but that that number alone shocks me um and then this number now it seems very realistic actually they're averaging fifty-eight thousand fans per game um I mean, I guess when you bring another team into the audience, like they brought the Chargers in, yeah, it, you would expect it to go down. But the team's better. Yeah, way they better. have a better head coach. Way better. Golf is playing unbelievable and playing well. Yeah, Sammy Watkins. Gurley's back. Girl. Sammy Watkins is there. Andrew Whitworth. And, Andrew Whitworth. Donald only missed Aaron one Donald game. Aaron Donald missed one game. What's going on? Yeah, I, I mean, it's the Rams. We've kind of said that just multiple times before. It's very little get excited about you thought, and now they're kind of like, maybe they're back. We'll see. Um, And you never know, Mike. It looks like they may be getting L.A. all to themselves now, too. I, I, rumblings that, that the Chargers will be pushed back to San Diego. Yeah, I and uh, that might be worth it. I'm actually excited. The Eagles play there this weekend in yeah. L.A., and it's, it's shaping up to be a, a home game, an extra home game for the Eagles. All right, well, what do you got for me, Mike? All right, I have a a pretty interesting read this week. Uh, It was an article put out by the Wall Street Journal called How Much Is Your College Football Team Worth? So what this article did is they broke down the revenues of all these teams, did a little intrinsic value. We love those intrinsic valuations. Yeah, the DCF uh, (laughs) maybe is what they did. I don't know. And they came up with a value for um, all the teams and all the Division One teams in college football. The top three were Ohio State at about $1.5 billion, and then Texas and Oklahoma rounded out the teams worth not over Alabama, $1 billion. No Alabama, no Florida. Yeah, so Texas and Oklahoma rounded out the teams over a billion. Alabama was number four. Makes um, sense. So we'll do a little fun exercise with this. Um, so I took out just a couple of teams, and I'm going to do a little over-under for Mike and Will, I, and play along at home. Which team do you think is worth more? I personally guarantee I will beat Will. <laughs> well, <laughs> I, I don't know how you feeling. That. You are a college football guy, so how are you feeling? All right, so I have my couple ones here. Which team is worth more? Arkansas Razorbacks, Florida State Seminoles. Will? Uh, Florida State Seminoles. Arkansas Razorbacks. Point goes to the elder statesman, Let's Mike. Let's go. 1-0. Oh. Okay. 
Moving on. Which team is worth more? The Virginia Tech Hokies or the Kentucky Wildcats? Virginia Tech Hokies. It pains me to say it, but... Yeah, I gotta go with the Hokies on this one. So here's where I'm gonna insult you guys. Do you really think I would bring up Virginia Tech on something like this to Listen, praise them? Football, football is a money maker. Right, but I would never bring up Virginia Tech to praise them. I Kentucky Wildcats true. worth more okay. right, uh, so, than the Hokies. So I'm still winning. Mike is okay, up 1-0. Alright, last one. I didn't have a tiebreaker prepared. That's, pro- that's, um, that's problematic. That is fine. <laughs> I, didn't, I didn't expect this to take the competition form here. Alright. We got the University of Virginia Wahoos, and we got the Louisville Cardinals. The scandalous. Maybe I'm basketball scandalous, but the Louisville Cardinals. Wahoos. You know, recently I'd say Louisville, but i probably got to give it to UVA. Oh, that guarantees yeah, me guarantees the win. Let's well, go. well, if you were playing this like a smart person, you would have just... I'd rather, I'd rather take one win than... Be down and be down one, then be down two. Yeah, and so likewise, I was never yeah, going to put the who. Yeah, I'm never going to exactly. put the who's okay. on there to have them lose. So yeah, the UVA football program. That's they two, were that's two out of three. Two yeah. out of three. Good job, Mike. Um, UVA you. was the 45th most valuable college football program. I'll take it. Yeah, I'll in, take it. in Division One, that was pretty impressive. Um, from my standpoint, I I mean we pay Bronco a lot of money, um, but I was I was <laughs> proud of that. And then Sauce ahead of some pretty good teams. Um. And then, you know, there's some weird ones in there. That's kind of why I thought it was fun. All right, so we're going to go right into our drop the mic. It kind of leads well. We just mentioned Louisville, and they are one of the subjects of our drop the mic. This story. This is horrific. This story is exactly what college sports cannot be with all this college basketball. um, I don't even know. This scandal that's gone on where basically Adidas was paying or was working with assistant coaches to pay players to go to Adidas schools. So the school is caught up in this, like Auburn, Oklahoma State, Louisville, obviously, um, uh, USC, I yeah, think, was in there. USC. Um, maybe maybe one, even Arizona. Arizona, Arizona yeah, yeah, Arizona. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, these are some big-time basketball programs. Um, and, I mean, to have this happen is really a huge issue. And I remember one tweet I saw, which is kind of a bad signal, was someone, an insider was saying, you know, the real surprising thing is that they got caught doing this. Right. And that's an uh-oh. That's, I mean, a, that's and, no good. And so what what I believe this all boils back down to, kind of, is that they don't get paid. Right? And now you already have coaches that are getting paid. Millions. Away so have, much money. You, you have teams that are making money off of these players' rights and their names. And now you're going to – you're not even going to be putting these best – these kids, like, hopes and, and their, like, best advice – before being bribed, yeah. like that's the least you could do for them. You're making so much money off of them. At least like try and and put them forward in a, in the right foot. But no, they they take money yet again, and it's just a systematic problem in the NCAA of of just taking advantage of of these kids. Yeah, and it's a real. I mean, this it's just a shocking development. Um, you, you hate to see it in college sports. You know, we hold our UVA basketball program in high esteem, and you just hope that you know that never came down on someone like them. But it's kind of easy to see how how, like, this could happen. It's, like, a very logical, like, let's kind of go through the second part of these apparel companies. Um, and, and it's kind of crazy, too, kind of the repercussions that some of these teams are going to face. It looks like some people are going to jail over this. Yeah. Rick Pitino, um, I don't know what the final word was. It looks like he wasn't actually fired. He was suspended by Louisville. Right. He's, which he's, his, him and the AD are put on leave, I think. And, and the lawyer, his lawyer said, effectively, Rick Pitino's fired, which is yeah. kind of crazy. I mean, that's a huge shock. I mean, for him, it's like, how many stands can you withstand? Right, exactly. Yeah. What, this is third or fourth major 
I mean, he's had, yeah, he's had, you know, the they had the prostitute thing there, and they had the, the thing with him. I think he's had some legal issues of yeah. his own. And, I mean, great basketball coach. I mean, right. it, it, none of this stuff really seems like on-the-floor cheating, which, like, I guess, in, in theory, college cheating is really getting the players to play um, illegally, so that is kind of yeah. on the floor. But, but I mean, no, it's... Uh, it's kind of shocking to see him go. I mean, it really isn't that shocking to see him go by the wayside um, in this manner. But the overall story—the way he was going to go down. Yeah, I mean, and the then I mean, that's the real question: Does anyone have the audacity to bring Rick Pitino back? No, no, he's I, done. I think I—I I mean, I, we talked about this earlier today. I thought he would. And he kind of gave me some good points. He's—he's he, done. He's—he's he's, three three major nationwide scandals, and you know, like you don't want to bring that kind of press and yeah noteworthiness to your organization, especially if you're an upstanding yeah. university. Yeah, and, you know, Rick Pitino, he's always kind of had that snake oil salesman look to him, and this is where oh, I always get really that annoyed. White is that white suit that he wore? Yeah, oh, it's a, yeah, and the KFC that kind of yeah. goes with that. But the one thing that I've always been annoyed about, uh, annoyed at is that the comparisons to him and Calipari. Because John Calipari, by all standards, is an excellent Excellent yeah. coach, excellent guy. He's really, if you look into his scandals, the ones that have vacated the wins he's had, um, really doesn't compare to anything significant. He just kind of has that reputation. And it was kind of funny, Louisville plays Kentucky often. He'd get those comparisons. Um, well, but well, I think Rick Pitino is kind of in a class of his own. Great, great coach. But it's almost like it's almost like he wasn't orchestrating this. It's just that general, like, typical college sports thing where the guy at the top, like, quote, unquote, like, ignores it and lets it happen right. maybe almost by design and then you get into big trouble and, doing and, it that way and um you know calipari to go back to the calipari part our point is you know he has always been a player first coach yeah oh Whatever he's always- he was he he doesn't care about winning championships he doesn't care about winning games what he cares about is getting the most amount of his players and he's come out and said this in interviews a lot is getting the most amount of his players drafted in the nba yeah he's- because he understands that they come to school they come to Kentucky to go to the NBA. That's their goal, yeah. and that's what he's trying to do for his for his, for his kids. Yeah, and maybe Rick Pitino is just, or whoever was in charge of this at Louisville is just trying to get those better players to that school. But um, we'll we'll probably get to this a little bit more and tease it out. Or Mike, just last point down. is, you know, it's kind of co- coincidental. I don't know if it is that Kevin Durant came out and pretty much said this uh, as a reasoning behind University of Maryland struggling so much to get quality players from the Washington, D.C. area, and he came out and said that because they're an Under Armour kid and, and because of um, AAU teams are in the hands of Nike and Adidas, they're going to direct them to yeah. Nike and Adidas school. So it's yeah. just interesting that it all came out yeah. you know, subsequently. Big underlying issue in college sports there. Also, as we're recording this, I just got the notification that um, Rick Pitino's lawyer says that he has done nothing wrong. So we'll see how this plays we'll out. I'm sure there'll be more news coming out over the next couple of weeks, I think. Like these college practice, basketball practices are starting really soon, like next week. So, uh, Mike, what's your drop the mic for me this week? University of Virginia football is back. Let's, Let's go. go. 42-23 win on the Blue Smurf Field, national television, ESPN2. ESPN2. Let's go. Yeah. Just a beat down. Kirk Benkert just looking, slinging that ball across the field. Kind of look, looks like the same offense that uh, the, the offense that showed up at UConn or when we played UConn is here yeah, today, but against a real team. Now. Against a real team, Beautiful. it's just exciting. It's Beautiful. exciting. You know. I, so we've had, uh, and I think we've talked about this on the show a couple of times. We've had two games at home our first year and our second year um, where we were really close to beating good teams. So Notre Dame, uh, when we actually, it was just Sean Kaiser's first action yep. there. We injured Malik Zaire, and then last year Louisville with Lamar Jackson, who was the Heisman, but. 
I mean, win, loss, this is a win. I, I think this is the biggest UVA game. Um, and it was a road game, but the biggest UVA game of our tenure here at the school in the last three years. Huge win. Biggest UVA win, yeah, yeah, yeah. For sure. And what, this snapped like a three-year-long road losing streak? Oh, uh, we won one on the road last year against yeah. Duke, but... I, oh, right, right, that snapped it. But, but, I mean, it's just like, it's exciting to be... Football school? I think we got... Is this what it feels like, Mike, to go to a football school? Will, um, you've had experience rooting for a real college football team. Is this what it's like? Is that the jubilation that that goes with, you know, being at a football school? I would would say you can't really feel it until the stands are full. So the concert we had over the weekend was more of the football... Well, 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 but but the stands were full in Boise State, so you can feel it, right? And the the who showed up, so... (laughs) But no, it's it's great to see. Um, you know, one of the things that I'd always say about UVA football was Bronco, who had a tremendous track record up in uh, BYU, which is completely different than ACC football. But like, give him his time, let him yeah. get a system there, and, and maybe you know, Kurt Benker, who I've been pretty critical of, just not that accurate down the field. But last couple last of games, games have been insane. He's he's, he's played on, he's way better. Yeah, and I, I mean, at this point, you're almost singing like, well. Maybe Broncos kind of turned it around, and and now we have a bye week this weekend. Um, it's fall break, and then we come home for a game against Duke, and then I hear a little sni- sniffing. If we if we beat Duke, I think I'm we're, smelling a, a ranking, a ranking, and a, bowl a bowl game. game. If we beat Duke, who's currently undefeated, I think they that's won. A, that's a big win. That's I, a statement win. Yeah, I think they won at, on the road against UNC this past week, and they're not very good, but. We beat them and they're undefeated coming in. We just beat Boise State on the road. Four and one. Four and one. I mean, three game winning. Who's streak? doubting the who's? Nobody. I mean, I, I mean, at that point, just bring on. You might as well bring on Bama. Bring on Bama. That's we that's, want Bama. That's what we want. We're ready for it. Um, so that's definitely something we'll be looking forward to um, as we go on. I mean, it's opportune here. Let's let's see if the Who's can keep it up and uh, get us to the promised Listen, land getting, that is a bowl game. I'm not getting too excited, but I'm thinking ACC championship. Wow. We play Virginia Tech at the end. They got the big game this weekend, but uh, who knows? Maybe that game before Thanksgiving will decide who gets to play Clemson. I'm excited. Ruin their national championship. <laughs> I think our hopes are still alive, maybe. Who knows? I, I mean, look, 12-1 and one with wins over Virginia Tech and Clemson. ACC well, we, we won't play Clemson. Or no, but, but, but ACC championship. And we got a Georgia Tech on there. And we got a, a yeah. Georgia Tech at Jesus. That's, that's, that's got to be college football. Yeah, we're we're com- we're completely delusional right now, but hopefully the who's the who's can keep it up and uh, and make us proud, get us to that bowl game. Yeah, uh, we just gotta go three and five. The rest of realistically, the three and five in that ACC slate. Yeah, that's it. Good job to the UVA football guys. All right, so we're gonna get into our first main topic and of this show. This probably is our most loaded topic. That yeah, we'll talk about. So I think we're gonna try right and now. narrow this down into a couple things. I I want to get to at some point talking about the NBA offseason as a whole and kind of the role that it's taken in the league and kind of how the league is viewed on an annual basis, just as a, basically it's a year round, like it's around the clock, right? They never, there's no offseason. The offseason might be better than the regular season. <laughs> um, and then there's a couple of things since our last show that, that really point to that. Um, because within the last week, we've had Carmelo Anthony kind of traded within a day of him, like really coming out and reemphasizing his, right. his trade desires. He goes to Oklahoma City, a team that was nowhere near his original list, and then... I mean, they got him for a steal, too. They did. We're going to get into that. And then, of course, um, yesterday, or today officially, Dwayne Wade rejoined his best friend... Let's go! LeBron James in Cleveland now. Let's go! So, let's kind of debrief these trades... Um, the mellow trade, it ended up being for what? Doug McDermott. Doug McDermott and, and Well, who's it for? Get get us on Cantor and Cantor and a second round pick. pick. Okay. Which is just a, a steal. It is. And so when you think about it, 
the Oklahoma City Thunder turned Victor Oladipo, Demontis Sabonis, McDermott, Cantor, and a second-round pick into Carmelo Anthony and Paul George. Yeah. Talk that's about, unreal! Talk about improving your team. Sam right. Presti working his wizardry. That's, that's unbelievable. Yeah. And Presti's just got to be one of the best GMs in the league. Oh, he has been for a long all time. Right. But, I mean, it's a tremendous move. And it's just... All these moving parts in the NBA are just like so. I mean, it, it makes the offseason so much fun. Obviously, we had Kyrie getting traded, Gordon Hayward signed with a different team, Chris Paul technically got traded too in the sign and trade. Sign and trade. Um, but I mean, this mellow to OKC trade, I mean, does this. Now, now puts, here's the important distinction though. Does this change your outlook on the West? It yes, does. You yes. think they're a player now? I think, oh, because I mean, the, pro- the, oh, the biggest problem with mellow has been his defense. Of course. Right? Yeah. I mean, you have two of the best perimeter defenders in the league. Roberson, Roberson and, and Paul George. Oh, yeah. Plus, yeah, yeah. It's like, um, who are you talking about? Paul George, I mean, yeah. Westbrook is athletic enough to play defense. He doesn't, but... Adams is a, Adams is Adams is a quality big man yeah. who can score on and play defense. I mean, that starting lineup is rivaling. Yeah. I th- at least better than, than Houston, in my opinion. Yeah, I, I thought it was funny... Um, they someone at a, the press conference for Melo was yesterday asked about him potentially coming off the bench and he just laughed the thing off. They, uh, but it, it's a massive trade um, and it, it's just going to be interesting to see how he kind of blends in there because uh, Russ at this point now you've have now you have two guys in George and Melo who can a create their own shot which is big when Russ isn't playing but b those guys are both really good off off the pass so and, if they're spreading they the floor shoot, and that's, that's the thing that they were yeah. missing is you had Roberson out there getting these wide-open shots, you can't really just... You can't gub, double Westbrook, Pep, Paul George, and Carmelo Anthony when they're out there at the same time. And like, like you said, they both work off-ball and off-screen so well. Yeah. And, I mean, and if you need a bucket, man, who's better to throw throw Carmelo in the 18-foot range and just let him... That sweet mid-range jumper, is yeah. just, it's pretty to watch, honestly. Yeah, who's going to close games for them? I would think it's, almost, it's Carmelo, but, I mean, you have three guys... Mello in Denver, and then in with the Knicks, and then Paul George with the Pacers, and then Russ Westbrook, um, obviously the last season without Kevin Durant, always been the main guy on their team. Westbrook right. maybe not when he had Durant there, obviously, but at least in the last couple of years, all been the main guy on their team. Going to be interesting to see how those guys kind of there blend one together. Ball. One but ball. I, I uh, think it's still going to be Russ's team. It's Russ's team because Melo especially is a little bit older, but Paul George, I mean, is a real player. I mean, he's yeah. still in his prime, too. And so, interestingly enough, you know, everybody thought this was just a landing spot for Paul George. It was a one-stop one yeah, and go. Yeah, Melo and but Russ under contract. Now you, so now you get Melo and Russ, and, and he's come out and said, and look, and he said, pretty much, quote, you know, Presti has done everything for me to, to, show, him, to show me that he wants me to be here long-term. And, you know, to me, winning is everything. Yeah. And... That that's revolutionary. Yeah, I mean, Lakers fans over there, yeah, everywhere they're trembling. Be... Yeah, but they're getting LeBron, so it's they're okay. not getting LeBron. Okay, and Le- speaking of LeBron, let's talk about his new teammate, which was also his old Throw teammate. Throwback to 2011. Yep, alley oops everywhere down the court. Let's go. I'm for all for those of you that don't know, I am one of the biggest LeBron fans that you'll meet. Sad, um, not sad. The, it is. Yeah, it I is, like LeBron. It is but... rooting for greatness, and that's that's what I do when I watch sports. Um. <laughs> Why do you root for the Giants? Why, okay, that, that's why I said most sports. Yeah. Um, okay, good. But, Clarify that. But when you think about it, D-Wade adds an element that they that they needed, which was scoring and playmaking off the bench. Darren Williams is no longer their go-to guy. Coming uh, the even, I don't think he's on the team and right he, now. I, he might not even be on the team. Not, now, but the thing is, is they just they, they, 
they crumbled when LeBron was off the court. And the, some of the hope is is that in the two to three minutes he sits a half, Wade will be able to kind of spell some of the, 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 the dry spots and, you know, free up shots for Corver or, or whoever's out there. Um, I think it's a great time. Yeah, it'll be a lot of fun. And really with Dwayne Wade, you, you only need the guy to give you – you know, maybe call 20 to 25 minutes of good right. play in the playoffs only. Like, he doesn't even need to play in exactly. the regular season. And then to be good. And the interesting thing with them, too, was I think they tried to offer Tristan Thompson to get mellow. Um, and that would have just been that banana been, boat reunion yeah, central. I don't think that would have been a good deal. I, I, I'm, I'm a fan of Tristan Thompson. I think he does. The, the offensive boards are probably one of the reasons they won that 2016 series. Um, For sure, yeah. Because... Just demoralizing. There's nothing more demoralizing than an offensive yeah. rebound, kickback out three, whatever you want to call it. Uh, besides LeBron's heroics, so. But but no, it's uh, it's crazy. I mean, their team, Oklahoma City's team, Houston's team, Golden State, those teams are just loaded to the nines. I mean, it's kind of ridiculous um, what what we're seeing in the NBA and the off is a huge part of that. Before we talk about you know the the scope of the off season, the biggest winner. Who do you think the biggest winner of this entire off season is? I have like a funny Ooh. one that I that I'm gonna drop, and I think it's pretty accurate. The biggest winner because I don't think this decides who's winning the championship. I think the two same teams that we thought were gonna be there are still gonna be there, yes. and the team we think is gonna win, the Warriors are still gonna win. So who's actually the biggest winner? Huh? Do you want me to tell you? I, I mean, I, my opinion. I, I think you can say Russell Westbrook's the biggest winner. No, I was gonna go with two K. <laughs> yeah, 2K is the biggest winner. Think about getting that fresh oh, 2K18 no, copy, and, and there's like these four or five teams. They're no, just the, absolutely the loaded. Is, is so got, much fun. You got 2K18 with Kyrie in a Cavs jersey. I think they have they, the Celtics, they, they, the they Celtics covers. It, but no, but. So are you allowed to use the Warriors now on 2K? Since no, no, well, you can never use top, top five. five. So maybe if, if you're what doing... using another top five, though? No, that's not how it works. Is once you get a top five, you, you're done. Yeah, you, that's, you, that's kind of... That's kind of the, the general random rules is, you know, two randoms, then a suicide uh, choice if you want to do it. Um, but you can't be a top five team. So are, are the top five teams Warriors, Cavs, Warriors, Rockets, Cavs, Rockets, Thunder? So those are all the teams with every single Spurs. good player in the Celtics. Maybe. Oh, Celtics maybe too. So maybe those are – so maybe that. no one will actually – maybe they're the biggest loser because no, one, no will one, be one will be able to, be able play. to play with any superstar. Yeah, except that will just be fun though if you ever get your hands on that game, um, being able to play with, you know, just like four – all NBA players yeah. on the same team, and there's like four teams that have that. Um, it's pretty cool. I mean, you could even argue for LeBron James being the biggest winner in, in a, as a real answer with the hope that the Warriors will be pushed in, in, in the, the West. Western Conference. That's, that's real. Which is the, a really big deal because them coming in playing like six, what, they played 12 or 13 games before playing the Cavs? Uh, they didn't lose any. They didn't, right, it was 12. It was 12 yeah. games. That's unreal. Like that's but, just... I mean, but Cleveland has the easier road every time anyway. So, I mean, Golden State's beating better teams in theory. Right, but now they're getting pushed. Like, just the mi- Even extra more mileage. so, yeah. The extra mileage. So, that's just the benefit of, you know, being in the Eastern Conference. LeBron has really always had. Um, but right, no, but now well, he doesn't even have to worry well, so, about Paul George or, or right, anybody. Right, or um, Kyrie now he really or, has to worry right, about. Exactly, but, 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 yeah, it, it'll, be, it'll be interesting. My personal opinion is that it doesn't change. Um, the outcome of the no. finals and the teams participating in it, but it makes for a really exciting offseason, which is kind of a topic in and of itself that the NBA offseason, first of all, the regular season, if you like basketball, you know, 
it's it's okay. There are marquee matchups that are. There fun are marquee matchups on TV, but when players rest, you lose that. Um, and the other thing too is, I, I mean, I could have sat here the last couple of years. Um, you know, we're sitting in the end of September and told you who was going to be in the finals, and um, maybe I would have been off on who was winning the finals. But you can do that with remarkable consistency. Mm-hmm. So the regular season is really. Uh, not that important. You don't have those last week races like you typically have um, in baseball, not so much this year, and then especially in football where everything comes down yeah. to the end. So the regular season is really not that exciting. And then the postseason, the first couple rounds, like, of course, Cleveland's going to win their first couple rounds without dropping, you know, a game. And then, of course, Golden State's going to run through everyone in the West. Um, so, and then you get to the finals, and those are, you know, uh, two years ago we got some uh, really good games or we got a close series at least. But to me, it's almost like with this whole off-season drama that's become very like standard in the NBA, that almost is the best part about the season is when they're not even yeah. playing basketball. I and mean, it's impressive that they've kind of morphed it into this its own stage. You know, it's it's the linking between it. But but I would say more people pay attention to the NBA off-season than they do to the first half of the regular season. Yeah, and then con- contrast that too to the other off-seasons, like the NFL off-season. The draft's a big yeah, deal. But it's the first boring. week of free agency is a big deal. But, I mean, this has been a sustained off-season right. from the end of the finals where you had the, the lottery, which the Celtics won, and then the trade for Fultz and Lonzo's been a story, the Summer League, and then you had the Kyrie drama. You know, and then back to back with the mellow oh, drama. You had Gordon Hayward. Hayward. Then you, well, you had CP3, Gordon Hayward. Paul George in there. Then Paul George. Then Kyrie. Then a little dry spell, but then mellow and do we do yeah. we two bombshells in, a, in a two days? Yeah, I think fans really like it because it's almost like fantasy sports. You got basically oh, yeah. just everything's being thrown around out there. Every possible imagination. It's like, it's like, like 2K GM mode yeah. where you're just throwing random trades out. Yeah, and one of them gets yeah, it's like and how, all of a sudden you end up with mellow and Paul George. Yeah, yeah it's, it's like, like how do we end up with an NBA team with Russell Westbrook, Paul George, and Carmelo Anthony? And you and if you're playing this in 2K, it probably blocks it and is like oh, no. Yeah. And, but in real life, it's fair game. Exactly. So so it's made the NBA offseason um, super interesting. I, I'm interested to see if they kind of lose that momentum as we get into the season. I mean, I know as a Wizards fan, they played really well at the end of last season. I'm kind of excited for the season, but at the end of the day, I know they're not going anywhere. Like yeah, John exactly. Wall could it's improve. Yeah, John Wall can improve, and you know they can kind of push for 50 wins and win a playoff series, maybe two. But uh, probably not even two. But, you know, it's just kind of interesting where I've enjoyed a lot of the craziness that's gone on. Um, but then at the end of the day, it's all for not because I think we're getting Golden State, Cleveland again. I don't think there's, a, there's part four. I don't think there's any way you can argue against that. So I think uh, let's, let's move on now to the, to the NFL Week 3 recap. Uh, yeah. So we cannot start the NFL Week 3 recap without talking about this game. Will, play the soundbite for me. Ultra Brunt. Mike, 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 Mike. 61 yards from the kid off the Bengals practice squad, Jake Elliott. The Eagles up 14-0 going into the fourth. Blow the lead, come back, win the game. How do you feel? Um, uh, I feel terribly. Not, not, you know, I kind of expected to lose the game. Uh, I didn't expect to lose the game in that fashion. Uh, I liked what I saw out of fourth quarter Eli Manning. I'm trying to take positives away because at this point, that's all you can do. Um, it's kind of sad. It's three weeks in. I've moved past it. I am no longer upset. Um, 
I I am hats off to Jake Elliott. You know, great kick. Eagles. Uh, you know what? They. I mean, you can. You're going to go on and say that they're a playoff team. That they're the top five, top ten. What you're going to say? I don't really see it. Um. That's. I mean. You, you lost. You only won by three points on a 61-yard field goal to the Giants, so that's not really anything to brag about. Um, and so, yeah, I, I, that's my thoughts on the game. Uh, I'm sure I'm going to hear a lot, a lot of stuff right now. But yeah, I, I'm smiling. Um, big time win for the Eagles. The big thing for me is this is a game they lose last year. Um, you know, just late down. Uh, just they could not win those games last year. Lost uh, one of them to the Giants, um, and that and this year, you know, they just they just stepped up. You know, it's kind of uh, they the defense was really banged up. That was probably the biggest uh, factor of Eli really torching them, which is just sad to say that Eli torched them because he did three hundred sixty some yards, it was, it was three like touchdowns, fifteen of eighteen, two hundred forty four uh, yards, and three touchdowns. Yeah, we we couldn't stop them, but I mean, for the Eagles to pull out this win. Um, 2-0 in the division, which is huge. They haven't lost a game in conference yet, mm-hmm. um, which is also big for tie-breaking reasons. The Giants, meanwhile, you know, 0-3, three losses in conference, two losses in division. I mean, there's a guy who writes for the Eagles who basically writes, follows week by week an obituary for every team. The Giants were on that. It's only week three. I mean, yeah, that's fantastic. You know what? I'm not losing hope. Um, you, you can probably tell from my voice that I'm sad. You know, I had high expectations going into this season. Uh, but it's it's still only week three. Weirder things have happened. Um, Two point eight percent possibility isn't zero. So <laughs> you know, Sad. we showed flashes. Uh, we're getting our middle linebacker back. Hopefully. We got Odell back. That helped. Got Odell back. Not helped. Um, didn't help enough. It didn't. was pretty close. You were you were worried. Close for a is second. no good. Yeah. Um, but you know, the thing that needs to change with this team is uh, discipline and and. Smart, smart plays. Because I can point to uh, probably three or four examples of just idiocracy coming from... It all stems from Ben McAdoo and his lack of control and just putting good values and smart plays in, into this team. But, you know, I'm not going to call for his head because that's not what the Giants do. They're not going to fire him. Yeah. Um, but, other, you know, big win for the Eagles. I watched the game uh, with Mike and... Um, I don't think we said a word for each other for at least thirty minutes after. I, I, you were you were respectful, and I appreciate that. I I felt I almost felt bad. I don't I can't say that I actually felt bad because like the first thing I did was call uh, my dad, who's an Eagles fan, and just start screaming into the phone. Um, and I was obviously screaming when he made the kick. But after that, it's just like that's kind of a terrible way to lose, especially pretty much end your season. Uh, yeah. But we'll move on uh, into some of the other games. Um, so what's funny is. My game that that I said I was the mo- both of us the both games us, we were yeah. most worried about. I guess we'll get into this in the all two sixty seven recap. Both got right. Buffalo was the one that, or was one of the ones, and then the Redskins won too. So the Redskins look like a big winner from this week. We've been they, discounting they, them, but they look like a real team. I mean that that defense looked that Norman shut chilly on Derek Carr. He looked awful. Did not play well. He looked awful. He Crabtree didn't do anything. Oh either. my God! Don't get me started on Michael Crabtree. You are a horrible human being, Michael Crabtree. That's harsh. No, it is. He needed a touchdown at 45 yards. I was going to go 3-0 in my Yahoo League. Big money. And now all my hopes and dreams come crashing down. Yeah, no one cares. But but getting back to it, it's kind of ridiculous. I mean, what? They held Crabtree and Cooper to three catches for like 24 yards? I Cooper had one catch for six yards, I think. Unreal. Yeah. The Redskins D, man. And, and now that goes right back to my earlier point. I don't know. Maybe the Redskins were a little bit worse week one, but... 
the Eagles beat them in the, on the road. So, I mean, that looks like a pretty different good team, win right different now. Different team. Um, just kind of moving on, Detroit. Tough one. That's against I mean, Atlanta. That's just rough. But they it, look pretty it's a good. Detroit thing to lose. Yeah, on, they look pretty the good though. Um, and just kind of scoping around the NFL, you know who still looks kind of alarmingly bad? Who? Seattle Seahawks. They do alarmingly my, bad. My, my Titans looking good right now. Marcus Mariota. Um, you like to see the running game coming up, coming up, performing well. Uh, I mean, the Seahawks just don't have the the offensive line is so bad. Oh, they can't do anything. I mean, Russell Wilson carried that team to, what, they scored 27 points? Uh, I don't know what yeah, that is. I think it was 33-27, but Russell Wilson carried that team. Um, it's scary for me because, I, I mean, we'll talk about it, but I have him in my, in my Super Bowl. and Winning. Winning the Super Bowl. But I, that goes, the other thing is the Patriots almost lose to the Texans. This year's Dak. Deshaun Watson looks real good. He does look really good. Yeah. Um, Nail, I might have nailed that one. Uh, we'll we'll you, see, but you've done well so far. I, I have Tony, Tony Romo, Romo uh, Deshaun Watson, chilly on Derek. Carr. Yeah, Derek Carr's he's got me one out of the three weeks. Um, but no, it's uh, he looked really good, and I mean, of course, they they couldn't get that first down at the end of the game, and you knew you knew that when they gave the ball back to Tom Brady, it wasn't going to end well. Was Texans just, just can't be. It's just Patriots. frustrating. It was like how how does this always happen? No. And you know, I saw I saw a good point here. Uh, I, I was reading um, something about it. Is, is the difference in viewpoint is the Falcons are lucky for winning in, in a close game. The Patriots find a way to win. Yeah, I mean, but they both won close games. Yeah, well, the way that the the Patriots won the game, the Falcons had like the Lions kind of lose the game on a fluke call. But no, I, it's really remarkable what the Patriots do. Uh, defense still doesn't look that good though. They're giving up a lot of points. Yeah, I mean, they didn't give up that many to Drew Brees and the Saints. Um, I think but, they're averaging like 30 points a game. Yeah, well, the Chiefs put up 42 the on them. The Texans on the road. Both those teams on the road put up 42, then 33, yeah. um, which is kind of astounding. So we'll see if they can kind of fix that. I, I would think Bill Belichick is going to figure that out. You would hope. I mean, yeah. no, I don't hope. You, but. <laughs> I, I, but Patricia is usually a pretty good defensive coordinator. Yeah, they usually have things um, covered. It was a really good 1 o'clock slate this week because we had yeah. the Patriots game ending. Obviously, the Eagles and the Giants. Um, the other close games were Detroit and Atlanta, which had that fluky call the at the end. And the Bill and the uh, yeah, and then the other one was the Bears winning the overtime game oh against the Steelers. So well, the Steelers all, now. Shout out to that dude. His butt got saved. I still don't think it got saved. I still think he's got. That was pretty bad. But imagine if they had lost. Oh, imagine if they had lost. classic, classic Bears. Yeah, but I, I just don't understand that. How do you not just run through the back of the end zone? It's Five more yards. One more yard. It was un- it just stopped. Hey, that just is my. We watched it. We watched it live. Yeah, and we were like, "Oh my god, this is this is yeah. a tragedy unraveling yeah. before our eyes." Yeah, classic Bears, but they were able to pull that one out. Otherwise, kind of a, a really upset-driven uh, week where we got some uh, some weird teams like the Jets winning, and then we had the uh, the Colts won a game finally. The Jets looked good. Yeah, 20, 20 to nothing? Didn't know those words to be uttered in the same sentence. Carolina looked really bad against the Saints at home, which is good news for me because the uh, the Eagles play there on the road a Thursday night game, which I originally chalked up as a loss, but, I mean, who who thinks they're going to lose that game now? I think they're fans. I think they're going to lose. Oh, thanks, Mike. Uh, uh, but who would have thought this? Jets, after three weeks, better record than the Giants? Yep, We're best cl- team in New Well, not the best team in New York. Buffalo is, but the best team in uh, New York City. We're closer to Darnold than the Je- to the Jets. You might need it more than the Jets, if we're being honest. Come on now. Come on now. Um, So we're going to move into looking at week 
before um, before we get into our all 267, just some general takeaways here. Mike, is there anything that's leaping off the page as you look at the slate for this week? I'm a, I'm a fan of this AFC map, AFC South matchup, te- te- Titans at Texans. Yeah, sorry, that's a mouthful. Um, I'm a huge fan of the Titans. Probably my second favorite team in the league. Uh, Going to be a, a, a high-powered offense versus a pretty good defense. Um, yeah. We'll see if Dak can keep up with Mariota. That, or not <laughs> Dak. You got him. Every, everyone's going to be calling we him Dak we, now. We'll see if Deshaun can keep up with uh, with Mariota. That's going to be the matchup to watch there, I feel like. Yeah, I agree. That one looks like a really good 1 o'clock game. Also, an interesting game might be that Steelers at Ravens game. Um, both teams, game. Both teams 2-1. and one, Both teams coming off. Pretty horrendous losses. The Steelers lost to the Bears, and the the Ravens lost out in London, like fifty million to zero to the Jaguars. So, so that's <laughs> pretty, that's pretty bad. Um, but I, I mean, those are looking like the big games. There also could be an interesting game. The Rams. They haven't. They played the Redskins and played them close and lost. But let's see if the Rams can give Dallas a game in Dallas. I mean, we'd love that if they. Could I would do love it. that. Um, quick, quick aside on that Ravens Steelers. 12 of the last 18 games have been decided by a field goal or less between the two. I think it's honestly a rule that the two teams... It it seems like always, no matter what, they will come down to the last play. Yeah, it's a lot. And then how about... Well, first of all, we have the worst Sunday night game in the history of Sunday night games. Yeah, this is awful. They can't... You were were visibly upset. I was livid. I I didn't know this. I didn't look ahead. And I was watching the Sunday night game... This past week, and they showed you know Jacoby Brissett and Russell Wilson, and I just I was livid. Oh. I'm like I'm home this weekend. I get to relax, nothing to do. Give me my football, you know. And then of course the Sunday night game, which is the only game where there's just the the one slot, and it's, it's like it's the worst, horrendous. the worst, one of the worst games of the week. I, um, I guess the assumption was the Andrew the, Luck, the Andrew Luck, Russell be. Wilson, tw- what 2012 draft class battle was. Uh, yeah, yeah. yeah well, it I been. think that's the whole point. But I mean Andrew Luck. Still not practicing. That's an iffy situation for the Colts. I mean, it's just too bad offense. I mean, he's coming back, but I mean, those that's just going to be an ugly, ugly game. Yeah. I mean, the Colts are... It's, They're a it's, bad team, man. Yeah, They're it's, just a bad team. You hate to see that as the primetime game. you got a lot of other games that are just better than that one. I think the Sunday night slate's been a little bit underwhelming this year. I didn't think the Redskins and the Raiders was a great Sunday night game. No, and then, that, I mean, it could have been, but when you get a team that's just one side like that... It's never going to be yeah. a good game. And then Monday night, well, we get the Redskins. They're kind of pulling the Giants go Sunday night to Monday night, like the Giants did from week one to week two. Mm-hmm. And they play the Chiefs, which could be actually like a really Shaping interesting a game. Good, I mean, I'm a fan of seeing the Chiefs on primetime. I like the way they play. That yeah, offense, they, that they, offense they, is fun to watch. The way Alex Smith's been playing has been, uh, you know, pretty enlightening in terms of his career. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, well, the Eagles lost at Kansas City. The Redskins go there now in primetime. So, I mean, if the Redskins were able to – Come away with a win here. That's a statement win. I mean, the Chiefs. That's a big win. The Chiefs, Falcons, Patriots look like pretty undeniably the three best teams in the NFL right yeah. now. So maybe if Washington, the way that they've been playing, especially last week, go in there and win a game, that would be a huge they, they statement. Could, they could jump to top ten probably. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Three, they'd be three and they'd one, three and one with a uh, with win. a couple of big wins. They would have won two of Oakland. their AFC West games. Yeah, which uh, is which is going to be tough. I mean, that's that's a big accomplishment early on in the season that's going to give them some momentum going going forward yeah so we'll be keeping our eye on that that'll do it for our week three recap week four preview and we're going to jump right into our all 267 so to recap it um i went seven and nine this week another win i kind of staved off what was looking like a horrendous week i ended up picking up the redskins game out of nowhere um and then dallas on monday night um but the big news so i'm at 29 and 18 overall mike 
picked up his third win in a row. He went eight and eight, so he's at thirty two and fifteen overall. So only a three game deficit for me. Um, hey, but you know it's hard to win three games. Yeah, but the big news is week four. I'm looking pretty good. I went over it last week. I had a couple of questionable ones in in quotes. Like I said, the Bills over the Broncos. Bills win. Redskins over Raiders. Redskins win. This week, I I can't say it, but like I I might go sixteen and zero. I mean, the, the, the interesting thing is, is that I feel the exact same way. And but we don't have the same picks. I know. Exactly. So where so are I, we diverging here? You, I think I feel confident that the Lions will beat the Vikings. If the sleeves plays, the Vikings are going to win. I, I mean, the Vi- so they just beat up on Tampa. Tampa Bay is not a real team. Tampa's ah. should be a pretty good team. They play the Giants this weekend. Um, and I mean, Case Keenum, who's just historically torn up the Bucks. Sorry, Steve. Um, <laughs> they. I think the Vikings at home is just a tough game. They've they beat the Saints up at home with Sam Bradford played well. They won this past weekend at home, and now they get the Lions at home. I I do like the Vikings in that game. Um, that is one that's probably more on the fence. If Case Keenum plays, I don't feel you feel quite wait, as hot. You feel comfortable with the Jets beating the Jaguars? Jets are they're on a roll. They beat the the Dolphins as good. I, I wouldn't say I feel comfortable with it, but I would but say, you say like... But you just said that you're confident you can go see... No, I'm not saying I'm confident. I'm saying that there's like a chance, which oh, there's like a usually chance there's no... But I'm saying now. there's a real chance I go 16 now. I mean, I don't know. I, Jacksonville, are they really a 3-1 team? But I mean, are the yeah, Jets well, also a 2-2 team? They're, 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 yeah, that's the biggest thing. <laughs> are the Jets a 2-2 two two team? I think the Jaguars are a 3-1 team with who they played. Yeah, that's, I mean, talk about opening. Well, they beat Houston, lost Tennessee, but no, I, I feel okay about the Jets at home. Maybe they're a home team. They're not a home team. Well, they won this last week at home. Um, where else are we diverging here? You have the Giants, obviously. I have the Steelers. Um, the Steelers, I, I don't think the Steelers are going to win this game on the road. I, I you, feel fairly you confident. You are confident with how the Ravens looked. Ravens that- are a home. They're a team that plays well at home. Their style of play, defense, special teams. Game manage. That's the kind of team that plays well at home. Pittsburgh. Ben Roethlisberger has been horrendous on the road the last like couple of years. I can't believe that you are confident in anything in the Ravens. I don't. I'm not even confident in the Ravens finding their way back to the United States at this point. <laughs> yeah, you know that's the thing though is I think that London game really could have messed with them. I mean, there's no other excuse for them losing by however many Maybe points. They're just not lost a good to. team. But I mean, they've only beaten the Browns and the Bengals, but uh, two pretty bad teams. Two. 0 oh, and three teams, so <laughs> yeah. so their their win cycle, their transitive property doesn't translate to anything exactly, um, except those two guys. Um, we, we're big fans of the transitive property yeah. here, um, but no, I, I feel okay about that one. I, ben Ro- Ben Roethlisberger loses at Chicago. Like, who's to say he's not going to lose at, at Baltimore? Um, so yeah, we'll be obviously keeping an eye on on that. The Romo game this week is a big time game. I think I miscalculated that first big Romo game. Um, and I said it was originally going to be like week three and then week seven. This week's a big time Romo game. Raiders at the Broncos. Raiders Broncos. Big time Romo Nance game. I'm 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 worried about that pick after after what I saw the Redskins defense do to the Raiders. Yeah, I, we both have road. Oakland winning that game That's on the road. Be, I, I think Den- shaky Denver's the kind of team that plays really well at home. Obviously, they yeah. smoked Dallas um, at home. You don't want to see two. them at home because that that they just get they practice in mile high altitude. Uh, the crowd is always loud. It's tough. It's tough to play there, and and the Raiders just didn't look good. Like it, it kind of boils back to the last year. They shouldn't have been eleven and five or whatever they were, and now it might it might be showing. We don't know. Yeah, it might be manifesting. Looks like that week one win though at Tennessee is going to be a big win for them. Yeah, though. that looks pretty good. All right, so we're going to transition into our dime and garbage time. Mike's favorite segment. Let's go. Do we have any deviation this week? It seems like we've been pretty solid in our 
in our picks so far. Neither of us have been willing to budge. Um, are you following that trend this week? I am following that trend again. Wow, way to go. I, I mean, way to be bold. I, I don't think you're going to change either, but I think that the, the, the Chiefs and Broncos, AFC West, even more now, even though the Broncos lost, with the Raiders looking as weak as they did, this game is even more important. Because this now, I think, they, they've separated themselves as the two best teams in the AFC West. Uh, it's kind of bold for you to say that that as bad as the Raiders were, you know, that that, that knocked them down way significantly more so than Denver losing at Buffalo, who Buffalo is really, they almost beat Carolina on the road. Um, they beat the Jets. So, I mean, it's hard to know not, where they but, are. But, but it's not about who they lost to. It's about uh, how they looked. I mean, the Raiders looked atrocious. They did. They looked And it's so not, not in theory, not a great Washington defense either. Right. They couldn't do anything. Yeah. And they couldn't run the ball. That's not a, that's not a strength of the Washington Redskins. They couldn't run the ball. The the, the pass the, the amazing pass attack that they have Nothing. was bottled up. Yeah. And, and when you have to go against the Chiefs and the Broncos twice, yeah, and this is not it, it doesn't bode well for them. Yeah, I, I'm still a little bit skeptical on the Broncos. I think this past week confirmed that for me. The two home games to start the season against two. I mean, the Chargers haven't won yet, but two pretty okay teams. Dallas is obviously a good team um, to win both those games, and especially the game against Dallas as emphatically as they did. Um, I thought that was maybe leading to a little bit of an overrating of the Broncos and then going to Buffalo. I mean, you said, I can't believe you had that. And I was like, I just don't know if I'm sold on Denver on the road. Um, so to me, I think they're really going to struggle to pick up a lot of those road games. They don't have an easy road schedule. Um, I know they got to go to Philadelphia and then I think they they also have to play Washington on the road. Um, and just all those games, uh, that they have, um, on the, it's just to me, I'm not sold on them. I um, mean, I think Kansas City, the way they played, uh, winning a road game in New England and in uh, the Chargers, and then they beat the Eagles, of course. Um, they might just run away with the division. That's, that's how I that's see valid. it. I, I understand that point of view. Yeah, that's yeah, how who, I see who, it. Who do you got? Uh, let me guess. Let me guess. Go ahead. Uh, Redskins at Giants. Almost. They have a combined <laughs> win total of two, thanks to the Giants. <laughs> Um, I'm gonna give, go. Give with, me the real I'm gonna give you a couple NFC East teams with a combined win total of four. Wow! Cowboys at Eagles. So many. So the well, that's pretty good. The uh, so I think the Cowboys won the first out of division NFC East game this week. I think the NFC East hadn't won any games, or the Redskins beat the Rams, yeah. I guess. Um, but but no, I again Dallas looked really bad to start that Monday night game. It looked yeah. like they were gonna go down 14-0, and that'd be a big deficit. But man, it stinks to admit this as an NFC East fan, but. Dak, it's just always, always comes through. Like, pretty he much. He doesn't make mistakes, man. It's unreal. Yeah, I, I think Dallas is going to be... Um, uh, they're going to win, like, a 10 or 11 games this year. I just find it tough with the schedule they have. If they're not... Atlanta and Green Bay. Atlanta the, and Green Bay. They're playing yeah. the AFC West. The NFC East, you're going to just drop games the NFC East. Yeah. I don't know if they're going to get to 11 wins. I, I think Dallas is good. And then, obviously, I'm just a big homer for Always. the Eagles. Homer! Yeah, and, and I... You know, it's funny. We I was looking at the Eagles schedule, and I know the Eagles schedule, but I think... They should be. They're not really favored right now, but they have a real chance to go in six and one, five and two, if you look. And if they can do that, get some confidence, get some of those guys back healthy, um, they're, they're going to be competitive down the stretch. It's, they're going to avoid that losing streak that they hit last year. I still think that's a big game um, by the end of the season. I, I very little is going to change my mind on that. We'll see if any other two teams can emerge, but right now that's looking like a marquee match. When they're two and five, you'll be changing your opinion. Oh, I'll be sad if that <laughs> happens. All right, that's going to do it for us this week. Uh, we did say at the end of last show we were bringing Steve on. We had to push that back. Uh, but next week we will definitely have a guest. It'll be Daniel. 
Uh, first year, we're going to be talking baseball postseason. I think the wild card games are sometime next week, either Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. And then to see the postseason starts, um, I think, Friday. So we'll be diving into a little MLB postseason Excited preview. to have him on. Yep. Thanks for listening, guys. Thanks, guys. We like sports and we don't care who knows. From shooting hoops to the Super Bowl. We like sports and we don't care who knows. Football, 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 tennis, hockey, golf.